Section 10 of Just 16. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Just 16 by Susan Coolidge, The Fir Cones. Well, the old tree has gone at last, said the farmer, as he latched the heavy door and began to stamp the snow from his boots. What tree? cried a girl's voice, as the whir of the busy wheel suddenly slackened. Oh, father, not the lover's tree, the old fir? Surely thou canst not mean that. No other, Hilda, the lover's tree, under which thy mother and I exchange our troth, plight more than twenty years back. Hey, dame! And he turned with a smile to where his wife sat in the sunset light, humming a low tune to the accompaniment of her clicking needles. She smiled back in answer. Yes, Paul, and my mother as well, and thine too. I'll be bound, for she also was a Brelau girl. All Brelau knows the fur. A hundred year old it was, they say. More than that, said the farmer. My grandfather courted his lass under its shade, and his father did the same. At a hundred and fifty to your hundred, and it won't be so far amiss, wife. But it has fallen at last. There'll be no more maidens wooed and won under the lover's tree. Thou hast lost thy chance, Hilda, and he turned fondly to his girl. That was indeed a terrible wind last night, went on the dame. It rocked the bed till it waked me from my sleep. Did it rouse thee also, Liebchen? But Hilda responded neither to work nor look. She had left her wheel, had crossed the room, and now stood gazing from the window to where across the valley the green obelisk of the old fir had risen. Men were moving about the spot where once it stood, and the ring of axes on the frosty air told that already the frugal peasantry were at work, and the pride of the village, confident of many secrets, was in process of reduction to the level of vulgar firewood. In rushed two children. "'Hast thou heard the news?' they cried. The lover's tree is blown down. All the people are up there chopping. May we go too, and see them chop? We will bring home all the cones to build the Christmas fire. Ah, uh, do let us go, mother. Fir cones blaze so magnificently. You are such little ones. You will get in the way of the axes and be hurt, replied their mother, fondling them. But the farmer said, Yes, let them go. We will all go. Get thy cloak, Ursula, and thy woolen hood. We will see the old tree once more before it is carried away. Wilt thou come too, Hilda? But Hilda shook her head, and did not turn or answer. The children rioted about, searching for baskets and faggot strings. But she neither moved nor spoke. Then the door closed, and all was quiet in the cottage. But still Hilda stood in the window, looking with dreamy, unseeing eyes across the valley to the opposite hillside. She was looking upon a picture— a picture which nobody would ever see again, upon the venerable tree, beloved of all Brilau, which for more years than men could count, had stood there watching the tide of human life ebb and flow, as some majestic old man might stand with children playing about his kindly knees. Whole generations of lovers had held tryst under its shade. Kisses had been interchanged, vows murmured. The old, old story of human love, of human joy, of hope, of longing, of trust, had been repeated and repeated there, age after age, and still the old tree guarded its secrets well, as in days of greenest youth, and still bent to listen like a half-human friend. 
White arms clasped its trunk. Soft cheeks were laid there, as if the rough bark could feel responsive thrill. Two centuries of loving and listening had mellowed its heart. The boughs seemed to whisper meanings to those who sought their shade, gay songs to the young, counsels to the burdened, benedictions to those who, bowed down with trouble, came black-clad and sorrowful, to look across the valley where once the purple lights of hope had met their eyes. Wait! The rustling murmur seemed to say to such, Only wait! Wait! As I have waited, and you shall be made exceedingly glad. Behold! The day dawns and the shadows fly away. And though the heavy heart might not comprehend the whispered words, something seemed lifted from the weight of sadness, and the mourners departed comforted, knowing not why. But not upon a vague picture only did Hilda look. German girls can keep their own counsel as well as girls of other nations, and for all her father's joking she had not lost her chance under the lover's tree. Often had she sat there, sat there not alone, and now in thought she was there again. She heard a voice. She leaned to meet a kiss. Wilhelm, she faltered, and then the vision dissolved in a mist of hot and rushing tears. In the old fir she seemed to lose a friend, an intercessor. Oh, why had this unhappy quarrel arisen? Why had she and Wilhelm loved at all, if only to be so unhappy in the end? But, in truth, it is very easy for lovers to quarrel. Like particles of electric matter, the two natures near, attract, repel. The fire that leaps from either soul, responsive to kindred fire, fuses or destroys. A hint, a suspicion, jealousy, mistrust. The thousand and one small chances of life come between, and all is over. Only. The little pitted speck in gardened fruit is needful. A trifle, or what seemed a trifle, had been the beginning of mischief between Hilda and Wilhelm, but the breach had slowly widened till now, when for weeks they had neither met nor spoken, and the idol begun under summer boughs was withering in time of frost like summer flowers. To the old tree, and to him alone, did the girl confine her wretchedness. In his dumb ear she owned herself in the wrong. Why do you not say so? The responsive murmur seemed to breathe. Wilhelm is true. Wilhelm is kind. Only a word, and all will will be well. But pride laid his finger on her lips. She neglected the kindly monitor. The word came not. And now the dear old fur was gone. And thinking of all these things, Hilda's heart was very sad. Meantime, upon the hillside, a great crowd of people were assembled about the fallen trunk. Old men and women, with wistful eyes, stood there, comely, middle-aged pairs surrounded by children, young girls and their bachelors, boys with fresh rosy faces and wandering eyes. All alike had come to see once more the face of the village friend. Merrily rang the axes upon the wood. Some looked sad, some merry, as the work went on. There was much interchange of do you remembers, much laughing and joking, a few tears. The children with their baskets ran about picking up the bright cones which once hung like a coronet upon the forehead of the fir. Here and there a woman stooped for a chip or a small twig to carry away as relic. And then it began to grow dark. The people recollected themselves, as people will after doing a sentimental thing, and saw that it was time to go home. 
so in contended crowds they descended the hill to their suppers and threw billets of the old fur on the fire and beside the blades partook of sausage and cheese and laughed and gossiped no less merrily than usual and the funeral of the old tree was over we will keep all our cones and the big faggot which fritz tied up until day after to-morrow said little gretchen because you know day after to-morrow comes christmas eve and the christ-child must be sure to find a good fire no one gainsaid this so the faggot was laid aside all next day and the next did hilda labor busily throwing herself with feverish energy into the christmas preparations there was a plenty to do the furniture must shine its brightest veal and puddings must be made ready for spit and oven green boughs be hung everywhere and above all the tree must be prepared hard and continually she worked and as the sun set on the blessed eve all was in order a vast fire crackled on the hearth of the big room thrown open in honor of the festival its bright blaze was reflected back from the polished panels of the tall corner clock and danced on the rosy apples and glossy filberts of the still unlighted tree which stood green and magnificent beyond little fruits of value did this wonderful tree bear jackets stockings leather shoes loaded the lower boughs above was a flowering of warm hoods and gay neck cloths there was a wooden cow for gretchen a trumpet of red tin for little paul but the useful and the necessary predominated tender hands had arranged all had hung the many-colored tapers crowned the whole with bright berried stems and in the moss at the foot laid reverently a tiny straw cradle with waxen occupant in memory of that resting-place in the bethlehem manger where once a young child lay and now pale and tired hilda stood gazing upon her finished work sister sister clamored eager voices through the closed door hasn't the christmas child come yet no dears not yet go away and play quietly in the kitchen i'll call you when he comes the little footsteps retreated and hilda seated herself before the fire with a weary sigh it would be an hour or more before her father would return and the lighting of the tree begin so leaning back in the high carved chair she gave herself up to the rest of body leaving her mind to rove restlessly as it would the basket of cones stood beside the hearth half mechanically she stooped for a handful and threw them on the blaze then a certain drowsy peace came over her broken only by the flickering noise of the burning cones they did not burn like other cones she thought and even as the idea floated through her brain a strange phantasmal change passed over them moving and blending they began to build a picture in the heart of the fire the picture of a tree drawn in flaming lines hilda knew the tree it was the old fir of brilau complete in limb and trunk and as she gazed figures formed themselves beneath the boughs figures as of people sitting there which moved and scintillated and swaying toward each other seemed to clasp and kiss she uttered a low cry of pain at the sound the scene shifted the tree dissolved as in fiery rain and the cones raising themselves and climbing upward stood ranged in a group on the topmost log like a choir of musicians about to play strange notes seemed to come from the blaze low and humming like a whispered prelude then voices began to speak or to sing which was it in tones which sounded oddly near and yet infinitely far away 
It was like a chorus of elves sung to the accompaniment of rustling leaves. And all the time it went on, certain brightly flaming cones, which took precedence, emphasized the music with a succession of quick, glancing sparts, darting out like tiny finger-points, as if to attract attention. "'Look at us! Look at us!' were the words of the strange staccato chant which sounded from the fire. "'We are all light and glorious, as your love used to be. Used to be. It isn't so any longer.' Then other cones, half-burned and crusted over with white ashes, pushed forward and took up the strain and sad, recitative. "'Look at us! Look at us, Hilda! We are as your love is now, is now!' Ah. There will be worse to come ere long, and all the time they sang, glowing strongly from within. They fixed what seemed eyes red and winking on Hilda's face. Then the ashes from below, drifting upward in an odd, aimless way, formed themselves into a shadowy shape, and began to sing in low, muffled tones, full of sadness. We are dead, Hilda, was their song, all dead. Dead as muffled tones, full of sadness, we are dead, Hilda, was their song. All dead, dead as your love will be, will be before long. And at the close of the strain all the cones closed together, and emitted a sigh so profound and so melancholy that Hilda started from her chair. Tears stood upon her cheeks. She stared at the fire with strange excitement. It was burning quietly now, and without noise. She was certainly awake. Had she been dreaming? Just at that moment the latch of the door clicked slightly, and somebody entered, slowly, hesitantly, propelled from behind by a childish figure. Hilda, said Gretchen's voice, here's Wilhelm wanting to see the father. I told him to come in, because perhaps the father was here, or else the mother. And Gretchen's eyes explored the room in search of the Christ child, for a glimpse of whom she had resorted to this transparent device. Then, Alarmed by Hilda's stony silence, she suddenly hung her head, and rushing out, clapped the door behind her, and left the two alone. Hilda gave a gasp of bewilderment. She could not move. Was this part of the vision? Wilhelm stole one furtive glance at her face, then dropped his eyes. For a moment perfect stillness prevailed. Then, shifting uneasily from one leg to the other in his embarrassment, the young man muttered something undistinguishable, and turned. His hand was on the door. A moment more, and he would be gone. Hilda started forward. Wilhelm, she exclaimed, with the hoarse utterance of one who speaks to escape from some frightful dream. Wilhelm turned. He saw the pale, agitated face, the eyes brimmed with tears, the imploring, outstretched hands. Another second, and he held her in his arms. The familiar touch melted the ice of Hilda's heart. Her head sank upon his breast, and in a few broken words all was spoken and explained. So brief an interval, and all life changed. The same intense feeling which drove them asunder drew them as inevitably together now that once the returning tides had chanced to flow. Clasped in close embrace, with tears and smiles and loving self-reproachings, they stood before the fire, and as they bent for their first reconciled kiss, the fir cones, flashing once more into life and activity, rose upon the topmost log. Even the burned and blackened ones glowed with fresh fire. Hand in hand, as it were, they climbed into position and leaped and capered side by side, as if merrily dancing while little jubilant cracks and clicks and sounds, as of small hands clapped for joy, accompanied the movement. 
then suddenly the splendor faded and sinking with one consent into ashes the cones sifted through the logs and vanished forever their mission accomplished their work done with eyes of amazement the lovers gazed upon the spectacle to its close as the last spark faded hilda laid her head again on wilhelm's breast ah she said tenderly sighing the dear old fir he loved us well wilhelm and that was his good-bye perhaps it was end of the fir cones <laughs>